The Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America. It's Friday. We have Todd Benzman in this hour. He is the author of America's Covert Border War. He just got off the Mexican side of the border. We're going to talk about what's happening there. And if we just didn't have this wall, then you wouldn't have babies falling on the other side. You know, Uh, everything would have been fine if we just didn't have this wall. We'll talk to Todd in just a second. Also, Shannon Bream is going to be on. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about Good Friday as well. Because, America, it is Friday. The Glenn Beck Program. So let me tell you about our uh, our sponsor uh, this half hour. Our sponsor this half hour is, let me find it, MyPillow. Uh, I am, and I know that you're, you're going to say, no, you're not, but I am. I am an embarrassing dad now, intentionally. I am wearing my, my slippers. My pillow, my slippers. Uh, and I told my kids when I first tried them on, I'm like, oh my gosh, I am officially my dad who used to go around, you know, everywhere in his slippers and he'd pick us up from school and everything else in his slippers and he'd be like, dad, stop it. Stop wearing your slippers everywhere. Well, these have uh, rubber bottoms. So the, the rubber sole is, I mean, it's made to wear outside. So you can torture your kids and embarrass them. They're really comfortable, made with three levers, uh, uh, layers that provide superior support. They uh, evenly distribute the body weight. They regulate the temperature. Uh, it's uh, it's really nice. They're really great. They have the Giza sheets. They have the mattress topper. They have the uh, the uh, slippers that are just fantastic. Log on to MyPillow.com right now. Click on the new radio listener specials and use the promo code BECK and get this great offer. The mattress topper and pillows come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. It's MyPillow.com. Promo code BECK. 800-966-3117. MyPillow.com. Well, I'm bummed that I am not in the studio today. I'm broadcasting from my uh, home studio, and Todd Benzman is uh, has just come into the the uh, newly redesigned Mercury Studios, and I'm I'm bummed, Todd. I'm not there to shake your hand and welcome you to the studios. How are you, sir? I'm doing fine. Thank you for having me. I wish I could have had my picture with you, but. Yeah, I'm sorry. And you're wearing a tie and everything. I mean, wow, you're cu- you're clean. You cleaned up for this interview, and now I really feel bad. Trim the beard and everything. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, Todd, um, tell tell everybody your background here just a little bit, so we know you're a guy with credibility on this issue. Twenty three years as a journalist, newspapers, I'm a recovering reporter, and <laughs> from. Uh, including uh, for the Dallas Morning News here in town for 10 years. And uh, then I was recruited to join the Texas Department of Public Safety's Intelligence and Counterterrorism Division and in 2009, and I went into intelli- the intelligence business, I guess, in the state's multi-agency fusion center in Austin. Uh, where I explain what a fusions explain what a fusion center is because this is a really important uh, aspect. Fusion centers uh, there there are fifty or more across the country. They were made they were uh, 
built after 9-11 as sharing uh, houses of sharing. So you have like uh, all the federal agencies are all under one house, uh, one roof with state and locals. So there's FBI and ICE and uh, DIA and uh, all every possible agency. We had 15 different federal agencies under our roof. We all had security clearances and all worked on the same issues and problems, including here in Texas, of course, the border and uh, who's coming over that border. And then I did that for nine years and left in 2018 to join the Center for Immigration Studies as a senior national security fellow. So I've been there for a couple of years. I've been out of the business, out of the Intel okay. business. All right. So um, you have a, a book out uh, called America's Covert Border War, and it details what is really going on and coming across our border um, at any given time. And the details are actually quite terrifying uh, because we just think, you know, American, I, I guess, once once the news stops talking about it, like we only seem to have a problem with rising gas prices when the news tells us we should have a problem with rising gas prices. Um, and they're not telling us what's coming across the border. So give us a look into what's happening at any given time on our border and who's coming across. Sure. Well, to start with, all year, every year, there is a stream, a flow, a river of migrants who are coming to the southern border from countries of national security interest, uh, people from the Middle East, South Asia, think Pakistan, Afghanistan, uh, Yemen, uh, Northern Africa, Somalia, all of the uh, Muslim-majority nations. Uh, that is not a gigantic population coming across, uh, but it's significant. Uh, right These days, it's probably right around three to 4,000 a year being apprehended that we know of that get counted at the border. And that flow of people has given rise to a national security enterprise and counterterrorism programs that were built to deal with it, to try to detect jihadists in that flow and to neutralize them. And that's not just at the border, but it's also throughout Latin America, South America, where they, the, those are the passageways, to, uh, the, 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 routes to the border uh, and it gets pretty complicated about how they are able to do that but uh, for sure it is a topic that is taboo in the regular media nobody ever wants to talk about it and when anybody does man look out well i will tell you that nobody in the media even wants to talk about the drug cartels <clears throat> um, i i know i've been at cnn and i've been at fox and no one wants to discuss the obscene amount of uh the worst kind of horror movie violence uh you could imagine am i right on that oh yeah i mean the cartels are uh one of the greatest scourges on the planet uh they do a great deal of uh pain and damage to uh especially mexico but uh, also the united states with the drugs that they're moving in and the sex trafficking and uh the indentured servitude and other uh, you know, forms of uh, violence that are like unspeakable almost. Yeah. I have <clears throat> pictures in our files from uh, something that I was never allowed to show until I started the blaze. 
uh, and they were files that I just thought people should see of warnings being sent to people in these small border towns by the drug cartels. Don't screw with us. And it, uh, uh, in one bowling alley, the drug cartels came in and had a bag and like bowling balls, they just threw these severed heads on the bowling lanes to let everybody know your friends are gone. You don't need to be, but uh, don't screw with us. Uh, yeah, that's right. It's that's uh, about propagandizing uh, their uh, strength and um, control. So it's not to, it's not that unlike uh, what we saw ISIS doing in Syria when they were uh, holding territory there. Uh, they would have big public executions and do terrible things and burn people. And uh, it sends a message and it tells people uh, you're going to uh, obey us and uh, stay out of our way, too. It's propaganda and it's incitement, too. Let's talk about uh, the the actual border crisis. Uh, Everybody, all the kids that are from Mexico, from Mexico proper, they are all turned around at the border. Right. They're not part of this count. I just saw a count from uh, the Department of Homeland Security today about all the numbers of the people, but they're none of them are Mexican. They say the Mexicans are turned right around and sent back to Mexico. On True ch- or not? Uh, on the children, on the Mexican children, I'm not sure. Uh, definitely Mexican families that are coming over with uh, that would be adults with children. Uh, and that's part of the inconsistent application across the border of policy that's going on right now is very confusing, not just to those of us who are down there spending time with the migrants, but the migrants, the immigrants themselves often have no idea which given day and which area they might be able to get across. But what we do know is the numbers tell us that uh, many, many tens of thousands are getting across and being uh, put right through the turnstile, uh, the American turnstile, and onto buses and being transported across the country. I was on some of those buses uh, just last week and saw it. There's a, a conveyor belt uh, of buses that are moving from the border to throughout the country, dropping off foreign national families that have just been paroled in. We're paying for this with our tax dollars. Well, the, the buses are actually the immigrants are, um, I'm told, are, being, are paying their own way. It's not like it's a huge expense, uh, but uh, we are certainly enabling it, facilitating it, arranging it, uh, and, and uh, providing the legal documents. Remember that illegal immigration is not something that is reversible. In almost all cases, it's permanent. So whatever damage is being done now in terms of just mass numbers of people uh, being shipped into the country, it's permanent. They're not going to be able to remove, uh, but maybe a fraction of those at, at any point. So um, I've heard people in, in Bill O'Reilly makes the case, and I think he makes a pretty good case that, that Joe Biden has no idea what day it is um, at this point. Um, but he says, you know, people don't understand in the administration and Joe Biden doesn't understand what the consequences are and how bad it is. I don't believe that for a second. Do you? Well, 
<laughs> you know, I, I'm not there. I'm not his. Uh, I don't have access to his doctors, uh, but his okay, admi- uh, his administration, taking the doctor thing. Know, yeah. Taking his, the doctor thing out of it. His ad- uh, his administration surely understands what they're doing. All of the people around him and he has to understand what's happening as well. There is a mass migration crisis underway that I believe is going to turn out to be historic in the nation's history. We will never see any numbers like this. I don't think we've seen numbers like this uh, already. We're looking at um, March is is looking like it's it's going to uh, come in probably at around 150,000 apprehended that we know of. The numbers aren't out yet, but I'm told it's going to be right up in there, 140, 150. It was 100 in February just that we know about. Uh, that if you were to tack 40,000, 40 percent rise from month to month that's historic that is something we have never seen that type of uh, of a rush of a crush of humanity over the border by the end of the year we could be at two million uh that have crossed the border in in just this year and when you're down there i mean it's like a d-day invasion i mean it's raft after raft after raft four or five abreast just washing up on our side dumping their load going back for more Day in, day out. That's what it's like. Uh, and and those are just the families and children. Uh, rafts filled with children, infants. Uh, and um, then you have adults who are supposed to be individual, uh, non-family adults who are supposed to be 42, Title 42 back. Uh, a great many of those are being sent back, but they keep trying because they know that a lot of them are making it through. The Border Patrol is babysitting. Uh, processing children and families and it certainly doesn't help when the president of the united states goes on an internationally televised press conference and says to the entire world we will leave no child behind nobody stays in mexico all of you come so they are and they will and that's a message yeah Tell, tell me, you, you say rafts of children are we talking of 15 year olds i mean you just and i i'm I assume that you were using descriptive language, not necessarily act, uh, accurate language. When you said infants, rafts and infants full of infants, that that's not happening, is it? Rafts filled with infants. Yes. Yep. So uh, like one adult or a couple of adults in a raft and then. I mean, I've seen some of these rafts, maybe 10 infants. 15 infants uh yeah i mean you can you can see there's video out there you can find the video and if you talk to border patrol like i have uh you will uh you hear these stories of just rafts filled with infants and you can see the video out there too infants uh but also uh six seven year olds and five four three toddlers and uh those that's because the administration has messaged we're taking children we're not turning children back, and they're Who? also taking family units. What kind of family turns their infant or three-year-old over to a drug cartel to get them across the border? And what does that mean? Well, I mean, the obvious, uh, you know, rationale behind that is is that they absolutely hate where they live. Uh, They uh, feel that there is an open door. They don't know how long the door is going to be open, 
but they see it open and there is a desperate rush to get in before it closes. Uh, and that, uh, that is not my speculation. That is from uh, many, many interviews that I've done with the immigrants themselves in Mexico. I last week had six or seven Central Americans in front of me and I asked them all, I said, hey, if you are coming here now, if you made the decision to come here now because of something Joe Biden said or did, raise your hand. And every one of them just went like that. They're all coming because now, because they're able to. They've been invited. They've been invited. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, uh, Todd, thank you very much. Uh, I'd like to have you on uh, again and specifically talk about the book America's Covert Border War, uh, because right now Voice of America, which is a lie, Voice of America is telling us, no, 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 nothing, these people aren't coming across, right? Am I right? There's no terrorist problem. According to Voice of America. Well, according to like all the regular media, uh, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, who came back from a trip a couple weeks mm-hmm. ago, saying talking about three Yemenis on the terror watch list, and everybody said he was a liar. Stop saying that, but it's true. Uh, so we'll talk some more about this. Thank you very much, Todd. Todd Benzman, uh, author of America's Covert Border War. Uh, Senior National Security Fellow at the Center for Immigration Studies. All right. Uh, Give me one minute here to tell you about Goldline, then right back into the program. We've got a lot yet to cover here in the next 40 minutes or so. Uh, You know me. uh, I have been talking about gold for a very long time. I've been talking about a dollar collapse for a very long time. Did you hear, Stu, today Bill O'Reilly actually talked about when the dollar collapses, he's always said I was crazy on that. <laughs> now, Bill O'Reilly is even saying that when the dollar collapses. Uh, here's the thing. Please, please. It's only a matter of time before the dollar collapses. Um, invest at least a portion of your portfolio into precious metals and don't not paper stuff, actual physical gold. If you're buying gold, you buy low, which means you're able to sell high. I buy it just as an insurance policy in case the world breaks out into insanity. They've done that, and it's only getting worse. Please ask about their physical delivery and self-directed IRA account specials. They've helped my family. They've helped me. They can help you as well. 866-GOLDLINE. 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. Prepare yourself. 10 seconds, station ID. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Today on Blaze TV, I'm going to cover something called uh, the uh, well seal. What is the well seal? Well, that's something that you now have to look for in all the doors of all the buildings that you're going to go into. It's going to have a seal, and eventually it'll be your home will have a seal before it can be sold. It's got to be a safe house. Uh, And this is the Green New Deal, except being ushered in by public-private partnerships and uh, businesses. You know, when when Bill O'Reilly said today that, you know, the vaccine, the passport vaccine 
hey, it's legal and the government can't do that, but, you know, a private corporation should be able to. No, we have to start separating uh, ourselves from these corporations that are doing things. For instance, did you notice how many of them just lined up to bash Georgia and Texas for voting reform? Um, the guy who was uh, head of American Airlines, the CEO, he didn't even read the Texas bill. He didn't even read it. But he came out and made a strong statement against it. Why? Because it's the Great Reset. That is happening. The Great Reset. Find out all about it uh, at uh, blazetv.com slash Glenn. Tonight I'm doing another special, Wednesday night special. If you missed it, you can watch it on demand now. <clears throat> if you're not a member, use the promo code CONTROL and you'll save 20%. Join us and help your friends and neighbors wake up. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Ah, so Rectech. It's going to be fired up this weekend. Yep, it's going to be fired up. Uh, We're making it is so beautiful here in Texas uh, that it is the perfect time to eat outside and to... uh, and to uh, barbecue or smoke or whatever. So for Easter, Rectech. Rectech is on the job. You, you're never going to find a better smoker or grill or um, really oven that you can have outdoors better than Rectech. You won't find it. And here's the reason why. They are uh, priced competitively. But if you A, B compare grills or smokers of the same price and category you're at the top of the line there is no comparison because they take what they would have been paying like home depot to put that thing there they put it all back into the product so this is light years ahead of any other grill or smoker you're going to find check them out now ab compare rectech r-e-c-t-e-q dot com and blazetv.com slash Glenn is the place to go to get your subscription to Blaze TV. Right now, for the last day, you can get the 20 bucks off with the code CONTROL. This is the Glenn Beck Program. It's Friday, but also Good Friday. I would be a very ungrateful son if I um, didn't mention what our dad did for us on this day uh, by not intervening when his son is being crucified 2,000 years ago. Um, I owe everything. I owe my life. I owe everything, everything uh, to his uh, dedication and, and sacrifice for me. I lived my life one way for a long time and really blew it and uh, really didn't <laughs> really didn't think I was worth anything. And uh, because uh, I was uh, dating a very wise woman who said, we need God in our lives, uh, I found him and the forgiveness that you can allow yourself to accept uh, and 
clean up your life and start over is is the greatest miracle I think one can receive and the greatest miracle in my life. Today is Good Friday, um, and as you know, I took when I went to uh, college, I took early Christology from the history department, and I learned what it was really actually like, um, you know, at that time. And it was a brutal, brutal uh, world. I wanted to bring Shannon Bream in because she is the author of the book, uh, The Women of the Bible Speak. You probably know her from uh, Fox. She's an anchor there. Uh, but she is much more than just an anchor. Her, she has really led an impressive uh, life. And she wrote the, um, the book, The Women of the Bible Speak, trying to find the, the lessons for today in, in the wisdom of the women in the Bible. And Shannon joins us now. Hi, Shannon. How are you? Glenn, it's such a joy to join you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So I, I wanted to spend a few minutes uh, just on Mary, since it is Friday. I cannot imagine uh, seeing this happen to your child and what that must have been like and and how, I mean... I've I've thought just recently my daughter Mary went in for brain surgery and we had a scare and thought we might lose her and it was devastating just the thought watching crucifixion tell me about what we can learn from Mary I mean she was there at the foot of the cross I can't imagine as you said seeing your child wrongfully accused um, being tortured and beaten and watching them crucified to death. It's almost too much. But I feel like it's important always, and especially this time of year, for us to allow ourselves to think about what that was. I've been reflecting on that and reading through the crucifixion a lot these last few weeks and thinking, you have to come face to face with that and know the enormous, beautiful sacrifice that was made for you. That is just to me an incredible message of redemption that Christ knew what he would face he could have walked away from it. And we see his anguished prayers where he says, your will, not mine. And he goes through with that to save all of us. And Mary has to be a witness to that. And it's something I included in the book because I'm so used to studying her on the front end where she's this faithful young woman who gets visited by an angel and finds about her divine appointment. But we wanted to follow her story all the way through, um, unable to really get my mind around what it must have been like for her to sit there at that crucifixion. But to know that in the days following, she was with the disciples praying in the upper room. She was a faithful early part of launching the church uh, as we now know it. Um, and she never shied away from the enormous pain that her son suffered all through his life, especially during his ministry in those final, final hours. Women did not have a place, really, uh, at the table. I mean, Jesus, I, I think, and I have nothing to... Uh, to go on i took uh, i took christology through the history department and so we just looked at the history of those times and what it must have really been like and i know when we got to mary magdalene uh it's it, it's it, it might have been a uh you know the fact that she was a prostitute might have been a, a fudge just because of what was happening 
in uh, the year 200, you know, as they were as they were assembling everything. Um, it may be absolutely true, but one of the reasons why it may be um, not accurate is uh, for political reasons at the time, or she may have just been called that at the time because she was following Jesus and women didn't do that. Unmarried mm-hmm. women did not follow a pack of men. Otherwise, you would have been considered a whore. Correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's so important to look at the context of the time. And there is debate with theological scholars who are much more uh, well-trained than I am. But we know yeah. she had been delivered from a number of demons and that she was following yes. Christ. And Christ <laughs> included women in his inner circle. They were his friends. They were taught. They were allowed to teach at his feet and learn at his feet, which was an amazing thing because that was not the norm back then. But we see it not only with Mary Magdalene, but Mary, uh, the sister pair, Martha and Mary, and other women who were close to him. Um, And think about the women he went to who were not accepted in society, the woman who was going to be stoned for adultery, or the Samaritan woman Mm -hmm. in a well living in shame. He, he never judged or condemned those people. He would say, go and sin no more. Leave that part of your life. But I don't condemn you. I accept you. You are my equal. You're in the image of God. And I think that's such a beautiful thing I don't want people to miss. So, so tell me, let's, one, of my, one of my favorite uh, women of the, um, um, of, of the Bible is um, Esther. Mm-hmm. I just love the story of Esther. Tell me her story and how you, what, what lessons you take from her. You know, she was part of the dispersed Jews were all over the place. They didn't have their own homeland at the time. And so she was an orphan. She was taken in by her uncle Mordecai, who raised her. And at one point, the king of Persia gets very mad at the queen. She will not show up and obey him. And so he gets rid of her, and he sends out this search nationwide for a new queen. And at that point, Esther goes in, and Mordecai told her, don't talk talk about your Jewish background. But all through this process, she had so much favor. Everybody immediately loved her as a favorite. When the king saw her, that was it. She was the one for him. So she is chosen as the queen of Persia now. And during this process, there's Haman, this bad guy who is like the number two to the king, but he doesn't like the Jews in part because Mordecai, Esther's uncle, will not bow down to him when he walks through the gate Mm -hmm. and through the area. So he comes up with this decree, gets the king's seal on it, and it's basically to wipe out the Jewish people. Well, Mordecai is lamenting and mourning. Finally, word gets back to Esther is what's going to happen. And she's nervous. Uh, If you go to the king without being asked for, you could be killed on the spot. She's nervous. And Mordecai says, don't think if you don't step up and do something here, this could be for such a time as this, that phrase we've heard over and over again. And he says, "Um, the salvation may come from somewhere else, but don't think that you and your family are going to be safe. And so she says, have all the people fast for three days, and then I'll go to the king. If I perish, I perish. And all the Jewish people join her in this fasting. She goes to the king. Um, He has great favor on her. He says, I'll give you anything up to half of my kingdom. She eventually reveals what happens. Well, in those days, because the, the king's ring had been used to seal this decree to wipe out the Jewish people, he couldn't undo it. But what they ended up doing was taking out Haman, the bad guy, and he gave Esther and Mordecai, the king did, the power to then send out a new decree that the Jewish people were allowed to do whatever they had to defend themselves and also to take the spoils of anybody who came after them. 
So she was in this perfect place at the right time to step up, even in the most frightening circumstances, threat to her own life to save the entire Jewish people. Um, there's so many twists and turns in her stories, and you can see how God just providentially had her right there, and she stepped up when she needed courage the most. So do you believe that all of us are, we all have a job to do. We may not remember what it is, but we we have a job to do. We're placed at a certain time for certain reasons. And if we align ourselves with him, he's never on our side. We have to be on his side. If we align ourselves with him, we can accomplish these things. Do you believe that for everybody? I do. I, I do think that every one of us created is um, unique in God's plan, beloved and cherished. I really firmly believe that about every life that's created. Um, and I included women in this book who got off track, who made messes and bad decisions, because we've all done that. Um, all but I done. wanted to show that God, yeah, God redeems that. I mean, He can work through our messes, get us back on track. And some of the women who made the biggest mistakes in the Bible are people who wind up in the lineage of Christ. So I think mm-hmm. it's a beautiful thing that there's redemption for all of us, no matter what. Well, it's, I mean, it is, um, it's amazing because it is already done and so freely given. Uh, mm-hmm. And yet I think the problem is most of us won't accept it. We don't think we're worthy or we won't really work it to be able to let go of whatever it is that we did. Um, I mean, it's 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 sad that it is already done. But the problem is we don't always accept it. Mm -hmm. I think it's so counterintuitive. We think we have to work for everything. Um, You know, but in Ephesians, it says, for by grace are you saved. Uh, It's the gift of God, not of works. So no man can boast. It's not about us. We can never do enough. But there's freedom, I think, and great peace in that saying, I couldn't, but you're perfect, and you did this for me. And it does take a leap of faith to reach out for and to accept it. But I think anything takes a leap of faith to say there's no God or there's no afterlife or there's no purpose. That takes faith, too. Why not invest it in something that is a beautiful, loving redemption that we could never do for ourselves but is just there waiting for us? How did you survive in the business that we're both in for this long <laughs> Uh, and keep your faith? Uh, that's a serious question. How do, how do you do it? Yeah. I mean, honestly, for me, I couldn't do any of this without that. It's my morning grounding. It's the grounding throughout the day, but I have to spend time in the Word and prayer and disconnect from this business, which will feed your ego and, you know, oh. just broke your ego if you let it. Um, you yeah. can't believe your best press or your worst press. Um, and uh, honestly, I have to reorient my mind all the time. I got fired from my very first TV job by a guy told me I was the worst person he'd ever seen and I would never make it in the business. And it was a mistake <laughs> to ever put me on TV, which I think was God's <laughs> gift to me because that'll keep you humble and kick you in the gut oh, yeah. really quickly. And it'll oh, yeah. you this job is not ever going to love you back. So I, yeah. I have a bit of perspective having been, um, you know, fully humiliated in my first job. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Shannon, it's good to talk to you again. Thank you so much for being on the program. And God bless you. Thank you for having me. Blessed Easter you to bet. you guys. Shannon Bream, the author of The Women of the Bible Speak. Uh, maybe something that uh, you can bring to the table this Easter weekend. Back in a minute. I want to tell you about American financing. 
this week has been a really important week on the program. Uh, if you've been listening, and especially if you watch the Wednesday night special, which you can still see on demand now at blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code control if you're not a member, and you'll be able to save 20 bucks on it. But it is this last special, I think, was the beginning of a decoder ring. And you can understand why all of these companies are lining up against Texas and uh, and uh, uh, Georgia. You'll understand the why the private sector is not the answer, nor government of a uh, of some sort of a passport app. Really dangerous. You'll understand why I've been saying, please. Get a mortgage loan right now if you want to refinance or if you want to, uh, uh, you know, consolidate your loans or if you're buying a new house. Now is the time to do it. I've been saying that and hopefully you understand a little more clearly why it's going to be, quote, harder for you to get a loan, end quote, in the uh, in the coming months and years. So please. Call American Financing now, 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440. It's AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. The Glenn Beck Program. By the way, CNN wants you to know there is no way to know what sex your baby is when it's born quote it is not possible to know a person's gender identity at birth and there is no consensus criteria for assigning sex at birth goes on it's talking about christy noam's executive orders that she passed um, uh, based on the transgender athletes controversy though the two executive orders signed by noam don't explicitly mention transgender athletes they reference the supposed harms of the participation of males in women's athletics an echo of the transphobic claim cited in other similar legislative initiatives that transgender women are not women the orders also reference biological sex a disputed term that refers to the sex as listed on the student's original birth certificates. There's no consensus criteria to determine sex at birth. I, there's one pretty consensus criteria. I mean, I seems pretty obvious. To, to give you a sense of how far, how fast this has gone. This is from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, the TV show, from just a few years ago in 2016. Listen. Maureen, you are the sister of Bill Ponderosa, and it was at your wedding that Liam got attacked? Yeah. Mm. Your Honor, nothing represents the tragic aftermath more than the dramatic transformation of this woman. Uh, cat. Excuse me? As I transition from woman to cat, I must insist on being referred to as a cat. Objection. She's not a cat, Your Honor. <sighs> If the witness wants to consider herself a cat, I will allow it. <laughs> this is this is no longer comedy. That conversation could absolutely happen and probably does happen on Twitter 25 times a day. If you say you're a cat, you're a cat. Everyone around you can look at you and say, that's not a cat. But it doesn't matter if you believe you're a cat. There's no consensus criteria to say you're not a cat. This is the Glenn Beck Program.